Baines Plus One. Thank you for downloading Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have a notable guest and delve into their lives like a midwife delving into a birthing pool. This week I had comedian and writer for shows like Mock the Week, Tanya Edwards. Now, before you listen to the podcast... Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing and reviewing for those of you who have. Please carry on. And it's going very well. Thank you to iTunes. They put us in their new and noteworthy charts. And we're really enjoying making the podcast. And my Baines Plus One team tell me that the thing to do with podcasts is to get a sponsor. So if you're listening and you think, oh, my shop or my cat grooming business or my cheat detecting mattress business needs that little oomph with uh, people who enjoy comedy and who are very intelligent listeners of course all of you are and very wonderful then you can get in contact with us and we shall promote your lovely business on the show if it's a good one I don't want like loan companies and stuff yeah yeah but I don't think they listen because they're not good enough people so if you'd like to get in contact please do you can email radio producer at samantha baines b-a-i-n-e-s dot com that's radio producer all one word at samantha baines dot com and we can have a chat about how we can help promote your business and get more people listening to baines plus one so now Listen to the show I recorded with Tanya Edwards on Hoxton Radio. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines. My special guest, Tanya Edwards, will be coming on the show shortly. Comedian, uh, writer for Mock the Week, The Unbelievable Truth and Twit of the Year. Looking forward to seeing who won that award. Um, <laughs> she's a stand-up comedian and she's very brilliant. She'll be coming on the show later. Um, I'm a comedian, obviously, and another brilliant comedian that we heard about this week. The wonderful Victoria Wood passed away. I don't know if you heard about this. I was so sad. I was in the gym when I found out. And you know, there's those big screens up in the gym with the news playing on them. And it was breaking story. Victoria Wood has passed away. And I was on my cross trainer and I stopped the cross trainer suddenly and went, what? Out loud. And people looked at me. I feel like Victoria would have looked down and laughed at me in that moment, sweaty girl <laughs> in the gym on the cross trainer, not very good at it. But so shock, such shocking news, such a wonderful woman. Um, I got to meet her once, a name drop coming up at the Monty Python tour backstage. Yeah, yeah. I was backstage and she was there and, and lots of brilliant, brilliant comedians were there. But she's always been a one that I, I watched when I was younger on TV and I felt very inspired by because she's a comedian, or she was a comedian and a writer and a, a songwriter and a singer and a producer and a director. And she kind of did it all and showed that as women, we can ha we can have lots of different job titles and manage and excel at all of them, which is brilliant and very inspirational for me because I am a comedian and actress and radio presenter and journalist. So, and people look at me like, you can't do all those things. And I'm like, Victoria Wood did, and she rocked it. And she was incredibly intelligent and articulate and funny and brilliant. And um, she'll be incredibly missed so as the first song of the show i would like to play a pam song by victoria wood the legend enjoy this got engaged in 62 got married in the april in a nice pale blue it all turned sour to say the least 
least I was stuck in Abigaili with a sex-crazed beast. But as I poured another cup, I thought I've never had that orgasm. I'm ten quid up. The amazing Victoria Wood. Thank you very much for that, Victoria Wood. So clever, talking about orgasms in the mainstream when before many women talked about orgasms on TV and stuff and getting away with it and everyone listening. I remember watching her on TV with my mum and us both laughing and, you know, I was only, I think, like 12 or 13 um, and we could both relate and she was so brilliant. So lots of love to you, Victoria Wood, wherever you are. Thank you so much for the legacy you've left for us female comedians and comedians and the public. Thank you very much. Plus one. What have I been up to this week? I wrote an article for Time Out and it was in the magazine. Yay! <laughs> so, so far I've been doing them online. This one went in the magazine. It was The Column and it was called... The, during the London Marathon, I'll be crying. And it was about the London Marathon, of course, being incredibly worthwhile, raising a lot for charity. The runners running 26 and a bit miles is an incredible feat. But as a Londoner who isn't excited about running, it is quite a nuisance because everything shuts down for a whole weekend and it takes over all the TV channels. And let's face it, it's a very worthwhile charitable thing to do, but it's incredibly boring to watch because <laughs> it's like, they're running. They're still running. Here's some more running. So that's what my uh, article is about <laughs> in this week's Time Out. You can catch it online as well. Um, let me know what you think on Twitter. Some people have got quite angry about it. And I definitely didn't mean to make anyone angry. I just meant to, to sort of bring all the people together who maybe think that it is wonderful, the charitable bit of it, but practically is a little bit awkward. Maybe we could just pick it up and move it to Devon and then it wouldn't be in the area of England that has the largest population per square mile. Just a thought, just a thought. Baines Plus One. This is Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. My special guest is here. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, she's comedian and writer Tanya Edwards. She's been reviewed as a bit posh and something of a psychopath. The sociopath, sorry, not a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome to Hoxton Radio, Tanya Edwards. Hi. Yes. Hi. I don't know how, how much worse is a psychopath than a sociopath. I was thinking. My agent isn't keen on either of those descriptions, <laughs> to be honest, but... Um, I, I think a psychopath is definitely worse. Yeah. What is a sociopath? Someone just, that just takes a piss out of stuff. <laughs> a comedian. That doesn't like society. People. Misanthropic. No. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. What have you been up to this week? I don't even know what day it is. It's Thursday. What, uh, Thursday. Oh, just... Um, it's coming up for half twelve. Half twelve. Um, I've, what have I been doing this week? Well, this is really where my week starts, because I gig mostly at the weekend. Yes. So Monday through to Wednesday, I sort of potter around. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thinking about ideas, and then, like, between now and Monday, I'll work. Oh, so what, so what do you do on Tuesday and Wednesday? Well, uh, at the moment, physio. <laughs> physio. Now, we should say there's something going on. I am massively fat. I have, I have no. gained 22 pounds in, in six months. 
Seven months. I'm pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. She's yeah. gained 22 pounds in person. Yeah, so <laughs> a, little boy, a little boy. Do you know? Yes, we do. There were tears, but we, we've forgiven him now. <laughs> what? The person told you? No, I, I was convinced I was having a girl. Oh, no. And they said, uh, your baby's healthy and it's a boy. And I went, oh. <laughs> But uh, obviously now I'm thrilled. I can't wait. <laughs> what did... Was it a doctor or a nurse that was doing your... It was a phone call. We did one of those oh. chromosome tests. Wow. So I'm in my 30s. Um, I pretend, obviously, to be 29, but... <laughs> that, that's uh, people. I am 29. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm scared about the 30. And you're looking good for 29. Thanks, babe. Um, you're looking good for 30. Thank you. Wow. This is, <laughs> this is why I love radio. <laughs> you can't see what we look but we will take a picture and tweet it. <gasps> Shit. They'll be able to see how good we're looking. <laughs> Um, it'll, be, it'll be something from my old back catalogue, the picture that we post. Yeah. So how was it weird for someone to tell you what the sex of your baby on the phone? Um, well, no, because my, my husband's a mathematician, so he thinks he thinks that you ought to find out these things. He doesn't yes. understand the, the mystery of it. <laughs> and, um, and I was just so certain I was having a girl. Not that it matters, by the way. I only care about having a healthy baby. I, that was kind of a joke, and now I feel I have to apologise. It doesn't matter it what doesn't. it is, as long as it's... But it is, I think... I kind of want a girl. I mean, I'm not pregnant right now, but eventually, because I just want a mini me. I think that is the thing. Well, I, 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 my a boy is definitely going to be the mini man, isn't he? Yeah. And also, I in every single way. So my other half's asthmatic. It's probably going to get asthma now because <laughs> <laughs> it's stronger, isn't it, through the male line? He's Indian Irish, which means he's probably going to be more Indian than if he was a girl. I'm sure it works like that. Does it? I think so. Looking at my um. My niece and nephew and laws. Oh, okay. You've uh, done tests. I've, done, I've had a good look at all of them. and uh, But I'll still win on the accent front. I want my kid to be bullied and sound like me. I don't want them to sound like they're from Belfast. <laughs> good. Well, I'm glad you're planning all of this. <laughs> Very important. What's the weirdest thing about being pregnant? Is it strange doing gigs pregnant? No, gigs have never gone better. You just chuck in a few abortion jokes and people get hysterical. Great. And the weirdest thing is probably having a bath and he kicks and the water splashes. You're like, what the... <gasps> It's uh, that's, wow. That's how big I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your own little wave machine in yeah. the bath. It's really weird. That sounds lovely. Well, we're going to be talking more about pregnancies, but probably oh, quite a lot about comedy. Comedy's more well. interesting, I think. With, with but for Tanya. you, I mean, for me, obviously, pregnancy is the first thing, first I mean, time I've done it. Comedy, I've been doing for ages. But <laughs> I'm quite excited about the cross between the two. Ladies plus one. That's right. Oh, she's singing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tanya Edwards singing on Hoxton Radio. Thanks for coming in. You I are welcome. I didn't know you were going to do a song for us. Uh, nor did I. <laughs> it's Babes Plus One. You need to be careful. I was singing Little Donkey this morning. It's weird stuff that's oh, popping yeah. into my head at the moment. Yeah. Child- nursery rhymes, children's that's songs. Not even, that's not even nursery. No. That's Christmas. Christmas. And it's not even one of the good Christmas. It's one of the duds that no one bothers with. It's one of the ones where you go to like a school recital for Christmas, like a nativity play, and all the children sing it like really out of tune. Oh. You can't really sing it in tune, I feel, Little Donkey. I can't sing anything in tune. <laughs> Well, that's fine. There's a perfect song for you, then. Um, it's time for the quick fire round. How do you feel about that? I'm excited, nervous. Have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? I've been quickly fired. Is that the same thing? Oh. <laughs> that sounds sexual for some reason. I'm not sure why. No, I just lost my job. Okay. Um, or, or something to do with pottery. So, anyway, um, quick fire round. Here we go. Tanya Edwards. 
City or countryside? City. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Pants or socks? Hmm. Knickers. <laughs> okay. Car or train? Train. Pen or pencil? Pen. Ketchup or ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Oh, not actually out of my house. Okay. Adventurous or cautious? Adventurous. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Stand up or writing? Stand up. Glastonbury or Latitude? Oh, I had to turn down both this summer. Gutted. Gutted. <laughs> if you had to pick? Um, I, I haven't done Glastonbury before. So Glastonbury. Gas and air or epidural? Gas and air. Electrifying or killer instinct? Electrifying. Primark or Harvey Nicks? Harvey Nicks. You have passed the quickfire round. Now, what we have to talk about is why ketchup is not allowed in your house. Because my, um, I, I have secreted a bottle into a cupboard. But, uh, <laughs> oh, in a cupboard, not the fridge. Yeah, but my husband, he's a proper cook. And he, he likes it and everything. And okay. uh, he gets excited about cooking. And oh. he talks about what he's going to cook for supper while you're eating lunch. And <laughs> something I've had to learn how to zone out. And he, he, does, he won't allow things like ketchup in the house. Why? Because <laughs> it's, not... it's disgusting. So if I want ketchup, he'll make a homemade tomato salsa. And weirdly, I've been with him for nearly five years now, and I still obviously eat ketchup when I'm out. Yeah. But it, it tastes disgusting. It tastes like sugar. Whereas, like, he's given me a refined he palate. you in your no, sleep. No, he's, he's literally taught me how to eat better by, so, by, by being an amazing chef. I used to live with a guy. He was always offering to cook me supper, but he would do stuff like boiling pig's trotters and things. He'd oh, think, holy smoke. Too but he, much. Sanjib is genuinely an amazing cook. So if you want ketchup, he makes you tomato salsa. Yeah, fresh tomato salsa with um, coriander and chilli. But you can't really... Di- can you dip that? Like, can you dip a chip in that? Will that stick on a chip in the same way? No, but you could have it with homemade chips, you know, if you're not using your fingers. <laughs> I feel like homemade is a big word a in big your thing. household. I mean, trust me, I'm not making anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, not, I don't do anything. When he's when he's away, I go wild and have some raw onions and cottage cheese on crackers. Woohoo! Raw onions and cottage cheese. Yeah, that's my that's my thing. But um, is that like a pregnancy thing, or is that just a thing? I that know, you I love? really love raw onions. <laughs> okay, great. If any fans are listening, just pop to a gig, bring Tony some raw onions. She'll love it. I try not to eat them if I'm going to go out because it's so unpleasant. I'm, you I, I like them talking. This morning? No. Okay. <gasps> what does that mean? No, we're far away from each other. I can't. I can't smell. Um, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. So. <laughs> Thank I've you. I've had two hot chocolates this morning. Oh, yeah. For the sugar. Yeah. Woo! For the baby. One for you, one for the baby. And apparently, it makes them laugh more in the first three months. What? I read hot in chocolate specifically. Choc- or sugar. Chocolate. Wow. There's a chemical in the chocolate that apparently makes happier babies. Although I reckon. <laughs> although I reckon. So you the, just have to eat loads of yeah, chocolate. Yeah, I reckon the research is basically biased because someone who's relaxed enough to eat a piece of chocolate is probably going to have a more relaxed baby and something like oh I can't possibly have that mind you this is the same person that's not allowed to eat ketchup (laughs) (laughs) take it where you can get it just eat the chocolate I love that you're hiding chocolate like it's uh, ketchup like it's drugs right so now we've got a few questions that I ask everyone but you've got a bit more time for them Okay. okay so you don't have to rush it's not quick fire what is your biggest guilty pleasure Apart from raw onions uh, <laughs> and I don't, secret I, ketchup, I don't. Um, I don't. I'm not actually eating that secret ketchup. It's been there for a year. I haven't touched it. Touched it once. Um, uh, it's not. I don't feel guilty about any of my pleasures. 
I like baths. I can sit in a bath for two, three, four hours with the papers and a notebook. Four hours? Yeah. Do you write in the bath? Sometimes, yeah. I'm like Socrates. Or is he the one that likes thinking in the fridge? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. But both of those sound excellent. I love them. So you write, so do you need to top up the water, though, surely, over of course. four hours. Yeah, that's why I should feel guilty. That is a waste of water. But I don't drive. So? And I recycle. Okay. <laughs> do you recycle everything, though, or do you just recycle the things that are easy to recycle? I recycle absolutely everything. Wow. Every single day. You deserve that bath. Thank you. Oh, what's the most recent lie you told? Um, that I recycle every day. Sometimes I recycle every other day. <laughs> <laughs> I do recycle everything. I, I, I don't know. I don't, any lies are probably... I can't remember them. I don't think I do lie. I'm not that bothered about the truth. I don't think we... I think we all get too hot on, on the collar, don't we? It doesn't really matter. Do you have a go-to excuse for not doing a gig? I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I blame the baby on everything. Everything on the baby. No, I, I um, would never not do a gig. Oh. I love gigging. Great. But you didn't, you're not doing Glastonbury. Oh, but that, that that is genuinely because I'm due that weekend. And trust me, I wanted to do it. And I said to um, Sanjay, I said, listen, you've got to let me do it. I mean, not let me do it. I'm going to do it, I said. And you don't need to worry about it. Because there's loads of ambulances there because everyone's overdosing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he just did not look reassured. And the baby's due that week and I just think it's a great anecdote isn't it if you give birth at Glastonbury unless something goes wrong and then yeah. it's a real cock up so I'm not going now a great anecdote not necessarily enjoyable whilst it happens well so the, the rea- reality is is that you need to pee um, nine to ten times an hour when you're pregnant and apparently it gets worse so I would spend the entire Glastonbury queuing for quarterly <laughs> you'd have to pee in the middle of your set yeah it would be um even if you could get through the set, you could definitely, it would be pretty grim. But I'm sad because I wanted to play Glastonbury since before I played anything. Desperation like mine is why they invented the triangle and called it an instrument. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sad about that. I'll do it I'm next sad year. sad for you. I have we- to turn down Latitude as well and I really love oh. Latitude. You, you should go to Glastonbury next year with your small boy baby. I think so. And a triangle. Exactly. Oh, and be God. like, guys, I'm owning it. How cute is that? I'm well, back. definitely I'm going to take him to Latitude next year because Latitude is super child friendly. Yes, I, I went wanna, there yeah. and I got chicken pox. <laughs> That's how child friendly. Did you have chicken pox or shingles? No, apparently it was chicken pox because shingles only happens down one side of your body and I went to the doctor and I had it on both sides. What spots or pain? Spot itchy spots. Oh no, because shingles is different. It's like a proper rash. Sandra got it. Yeah. It's, it's shingles is the reactivation of childhood chickenpox. Are you suggesting no, that you never got chickenpox as a child? I've got it twice, and apparently people get it more than once, and they don't tell you. Everyone says you get it once. You can only get it once, and then you're immune, and then you get shingles as an adult. No. Well, Sandra got shingles, but I never got it often. Do you know? I feel guilty twice. because we're wearing these um, very same earphones, and I wear when I go jogging, and I haven't gone jogging in about a year and a half. <laughs> but you're having a baby, so it's fine. You have to have hot chocolate. Don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> Let's have some Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. Oh, that's going to be down. the name of my baby, Otis. Is it? Yeah, and I much prefer it when the the thing the link is Otis Redding and not Otis Elevators. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Well, that is why we scheduled it. Thank you. Without knowing, but yes. Baines Plus One. It's Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and Tanya Edwards. Is that your Twitter handle as well, at Tanya Edwards? Yes, it is. There we go. And don't Tanya Edwards with an I. Oh, oh yes, should mention that. Well, don't forget you could tweet us throughout the show at Samantha Baines at Tanya Edwards at Hoxton Radio um, if you have any questions or you want a little shout out 
just let us know. Hit us up. Um, hello to Sheila and Alan, regular listeners. Thank you for your little Facebook message. <laughs> I love my regular listeners. If you if you tweet me lots of lovely things, I will I will give you a shout out. And what they do, Tanya, is sometimes people tweet me questions to ask my guests. Oh, okay. Exciting. And then I pass them off as my own if they're good. <laughs> That's what happens. Now, now it's time for interview proper. Oh, okay. Exciting. Because before we were just having a chat. Right, so These now I should feel pressurised. Yeah. Now you should feel be, tense. This is, this is stuff I, I could regret saying. Yeah, this is stuff that will be blown up and go on social media and be taken out I want to be memed. <laughs> Great, I'll try and make that happen. No. So we, we want to talk about comedy. I love comedy. Let's talk about that. You're a comedian. You've been doing it for a while. You've been in lots of finals. Hackney Empire, Natties, Amuse Moose Laugh-Offs, Leicester Square Theatre. I was in all of them. Leicester Street Festival, Funny Women. Yeah, I was in all the finals back in the day when I started. Can't really use those now. I've been going going a few years too long. But but how far in was that for you? In the first couple of years. Yeah. I think you can't really enter New York competitions after two years. I mean, you should. You'd win. (laughs) But you, but you don't. And do you think that those helped you in your career, though? Because there is always the thing of new mm. comedians, should I? I'm not sure. They, they definitely help. I remember being in a final with Catherine Ryan, Sean Walsh, Josh Widdicombe and Mike Wozniak. They all did exceptionally Lovely. well. <laughs> um, it didn't work as well for me, but um, that, was a pretty good, that was a pretty good set. Now, I think they can work, and I think that they're good practice because they're high-pressure, big audiences than you get when you're just doing new material in tiny little pubs. And they are less... Um, generous in so far as when you're you know bringing someone along to a show and you're doing your first gigs everyone is very kind to you whereas <laughs> when you're in a final there is more like an actual audience and, and if you want to get any good at stand up the trick is not as supportive <laughs> you don't need the same they're very judgy but it needs to but it's you, useful it, you need to have a you need to have a, a real Understanding of a, an actual audience is, is a good thing. I remember doing the Latitude um, New York Festival with Catherine Ryan, actually, hundreds of years ago, it feels like now. And that was really early on in the day. And her stuff was dark, and she was opening. Yeah. And it was about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and the place was full of kids. And <laughs> the kids, the people that bring their kids into a comedy set, the, those parents don't care. That's nothing to do with anything. It's the point is everyone around those people thinks, oh my God, this is not appropriate to stay in front of a child and blames the comedian, not the parents, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I remember her going on stage and taking it for the team, like properly <laughs> setting, the, setting the level. I was like, you legend. And she had her new baby at that point. She literally passed her baby to her partner, went up on stage, killed it. Well, d- doing this dark stuff, so killed it for all the knowing people yeah and then came off took a baby back and I, I think she carried on being a mother she is a she is phenomenal she's amazing I was we were saying in the break I've just worked with her on uh, Sunny D which is the new BBC3 show with Dane Baptiste and she's a very funny lady I'm looking forward to that no I think she's brilliant should be good so how did you get into comedy how did it jealousy. come about jealousy jealousy <laughs> I uh, years ago I was um, doing a doing a writing course of aspirant playwrights and um, there was a guy on the course that I used to call Mr Plan B because he was teaching but was going to be an actor and a writer whereas mm. I was going to be an actor and a writer and didn't intend to do anything else <laughs> didn't work out like that and um, 
And I was, years later, I was temping between writing jobs. But you know when you've got te- so much temping work, it ends up that you're just writing between temping jobs. <laughs> the balance is all wrong. And I was in this office without any windows at a reception next to this girl who kept talking about her Louis Vuitton handbag and her boyfriend. And I, I was thinking all the different ways I could kill myself. And I thought, oh, on my, on my space, this is how old this story is. <laughs> I thought, on my space, Mr. Plan B... Because he's bound to still be stuck in some inner city comprehensive feeling as miserable as I am. And we can meet up and have a pint and talk about failed dreams. And um, it turned out he'd won, he'd been nominated for Bloody Fosters. He'd done really well. And he was a stand-up. And I was so jealous I had a panic attack. And I didn't know I was jealous because I'd never been jealous of anything. And I called up a friend of mine and said, what's wrong with me? I felt I'm like sweating and dizzy and shaking and I wanted to hurt someone violently. And she said, oh, you're jealous. And she knew because she'd been jealous of boyfriends. She (laughs) she recognised all the symptoms. And I knew that she was right. And that's how I started. I don't think I've ever had that severe a jealous... I've I've been jealous. I've never been jealous since. Really? And I've never been jealous before. Wow. Just that one time. Yeah. It was was like my my big... um, my St. Augustus moment. Is that right? No, St. Paul's on the road to, to Damascus. Who's the guy that had the big revelation in I the mean, Bible? I'm Roman Catholic. I should know. You should. I don't. Um, so that was your that was your moment. You were jealous of a stand-up comedian. So that, how did you... Well, I'd been told to do it and I just never had done it. And people had taken me to gigs and said, this is what you should be doing. And I had not wanted to. Because I... First, it's not very glamorous. Yeah. Going to a pub, seeing someone fail... Um, in a sticky environment, you know, with no lights and a failing microphone, you think, bloody hell, do you really want to do this? And then most of that is fear. Can I do this? And uh, it wasn't until I, it was someone I knew, albeit I hadn't seen for a while, that I thought I, I should be doing this and I've been wasting all of this time and, I, and I, it was a waste of time. I, I regret that time wasted. Although now when people say to me that they're thinking about doing comedy, I say, really don't bother. It's too hard. There's no room for you. <laughs> <laughs> I discourage them. We do not okay, need the competition. Good. Yeah. So how did you do your... Did you just then go and do a gig? I literally opened time out, made some calls to open my nights and did one a couple of months later. Wow. And what was your... Do you remember your first five minutes? Um, do you still was, use any of those jokes? No. <laughs> it was in the Big Ben pub in Westminster, downstairs. And I would have run away, but to run out, you had to run across the stage. and uh, That's a good tactic for keeping people <laughs> yeah. in. Um, I can't remember what it was about. I think I had some jokes about this old lawyer I used to work with who had Alzheimer's. I can't really remember. Pretty good stuff. Comedy gold. Yeah. Comedy gold. So you do a lot of writing as well. Obviously, you've written for shows like Mock the Week. How, how does that come about? Do you Are you hired by comedians? Are you hired by Mock the Week themselves? Um, um, I've Different things. So I wrote for Stand Up for the Week and then I was hired by the show for a comedian on the show if that makes sense so yeah. I was on their writing team but normally I would be hired directly by a comedian that was on one of the panel shows and then they would pay me from there they would pay me whereas stand, up, the, stand up for the week yeah. pay me from the TV station um, but I'm I'm a, I'm a writing whore I will write anything <laughs> for anyone I've done weird stuff I've done, health, I've done health and safety DVDs for the railways uh, so don't feel safe when you travel <laughs> hello lovely <laughs> sexy so how does that work so say a big name comedian that we've all seen on TV comes to you and they say I'm going to be on this show these are the topics that we're going to talk about on the show and then well, you just or do they give you everyone has different 
thing. So something like Stand Up for the Week, they had to have a writing team. So whether or not you wanted a writing team, you had to have a writing team. So the person I was working with, they liked to write most of their own stuff and they were testing it and looking for toppers and improving it because you're, it's a very, very quick turnaround to be performing something. Mm. And if you're doing something more general, it might be that you happen to know more about something politically... So you can fill someone in, even on what other people might say, so that they get other people's jokes, or they're bouncing stuff off you, or you're giving them some things. Not everything's necessarily going to make the cut. And it's also very different when you're writing for someone with a specific persona. They've done most of the work. Like, if I'm writing someone, I'll listen to their stuff back, and I will just write in that voice. It would not be something I could use myself. Hmm. If it is something I could use myself, I will take it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> they won't see it. One for you, one yes. for me. So is it strange for you putting that head of different comedians on and writing? No, or? I love it. I'd like to do more of it, actually. Um, at the moment, I do. It's obviously for people that I know well, but I'd love to just do random assignments for people I didn't know well. So... People always ask me this question, actually, I hate it, <laughs> but I, I am going to ask you it. Yeah. People always say to me, am I an actor or a comedian or a writer first? And what would you say out of comedian and writer? Oh, I wouldn't. I would just think it's, it's, a, it's a nonsense. Like, um, I do stand up and I write. So. And I write all my stand-up. they inform each other, yeah. don't they? And, it, and also, or... I think most stand-ups, like all stand-ups, so even people that maybe have a writing team or have to have a writing team or have to have someone to practice off before they go on a panel show, the reality is is that they write all of their own stand-up. Mm. It, that's just the trend today. It's not like it was back when Bob Monkhouse was famous or when people... I mean, I know some of those big guys buy their jokes. Um, we all know who they are, and yeah. that's fine. But they... That's probably because they're so famous that they've got a constant turnaround. But everyone I know, even when they're really successful, like someone like Catherine, she writes all of her stand-up. And so everyone's a writer and a comedian. How are you supposed to distinguish between the two? Unless yeah. you are, are acting stand-up, but most people don't do that now. What Are an actor as well? No, as in, if, you're, if you were just, like, if someone was giving you material, like... Um, oh, so who, if they wrote all of your jokes yeah, like for Jake, you and like then Jake you went... Bug. Or, is that right? He doesn't write his own music. He has a writer. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's, he just sings it. But most comedians don't do that now. They have their... It's their thing. And so I don't think you can distinguish between the two unless yeah. you're buying your stuff. So how did it come about that you started writing for people? Did you kind of apply or do they come and see your stand-up and then say, I like no, what you do? You, you, know, you know everybody. You come up with the same group of people and some people do better than you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very generous and when they get a break, they, they share it. They, yeah. And do you, so for any comedians out there thinking, I want to write on a panel show, um, what advice would you give them? Well, I think, uh, I don't know how you get into it if it's not via personal relationships, but I do think something I've absolutely failed to do but that I know has worked for some people is Twitter because that is a great opportunity to put your portfolio in public and it's only in the last few weeks that I've actually recognised that I need to have a Twitter phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had uh, Jenna Friedman on the show a few weeks ago and she said a lot of friends of hers have just tweeted jokes and that's how they've then got jobs in American TV because they've said, look at my Twitter feed and that's an example of the sort of material I write. Yeah, and I think I've made a massive mistake. Genuinely, I, I, 
I thought Twitter was something you could avoid, just like social media generally. I love Twitter. But I saw that you love Twitter and that you're very, <laughs> you're very well regarded on Twitter. I tweet everything. Some people do, actually, more people come up to me and say, I follow you on Twitter than say, I've seen you at a gig or something. You see, no, people would never say that to me. They would have to have seen me at a gig. And it's amazing how many people have seen me at a gig or who have written to me through my website and said, why is there no content online? And why, <laughs> why have you got no clips? And why don't you tweet? And I just, I just ignore it. But now it's all changed here because I'm not going to Edinburgh this year. So my whole goal for the next six months is to... Um, all you're going to be doing... All I'm trying to do... August. Is, uh, ...is Twitter. That's my goal. I feel like is Baines Plus One the catalyst for this new Twitter so. reinvention? Because you are a social media guru, aren't you? I am. And it has benefited you. It has. I do, I've do. i done workshops for Guardian Masterclasses on I mean, social media. Yeah. I love it. I do workshops at big um, conventions. What do you tell them? Save us all 50 quid so we okay. don't have to go on the Guardian um, Masterclass. I mean, it's more expensive uh, actually, than that. Um, <laughs> how much is it? 350. No, my one was reasonably priced, but how some much of them is are reasonable? very expensive. I think, well, it was just, it was an hour and I think it was £25, so it was fine. £25 an hour. I'm making notes. Right, I've literally got a notebook. Okay, oh, top tips. Okay, I'm meant to be interviewing you. There is a section where you get to interview me. But I'll give you a quick, I'll give you a quick top tip. Okay, so top tips are um, personality. So, one of those. Yeah, exactly. Think about your stand-up voice. Put your, your own voice head on and... When I read your tweets, I should get an insight into you and I should feel like I'm talking to you, the person. God, this is fascinating. Um, be um, in be interesting and useful <laughs> as well. Oh, really? So obviously tell me what gigs you're doing and tell me when you're in stuff or when you're writing things for people like jobs, but then also be useful for me. So think about your area, which is comedy. So maybe tell me about a free gig that's coming up or an amazing preview from one of your friends that I'll get to see for free or a comedy writing competition that I can enter. So I'm following you because you're useful and interesting and I get to hear about you. Oh, isn't that intriguing? It would never have occurred to me to do something for anyone else. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> Caring and sharing. Um, let's have a little bit All of footloose. self-interest. <laughs> we'll have a bit of footloose while I, while I train <laughs> turning it up on social media. Let's see if it works. So start following me and see yeah, how, much, and how much clout Samantha's got. Do follow her and then I'll have done a good job. Phase plus one. My special guest is Tanya Edwards. Hi. Comedian and writer. Now, Tanya, it's your chance to interview me. This is exciting. I'm excited. First of all, we've got a couple of little shout-outs. Shout-out to the UK Podcasters Online Conference 2016, which is currently going. It's a 36-hour non-stop podcast with a different guest every hour. I think it's world record-breaking. Sounds world record-breaking. 36 hours. So if you listen to that, you're supposed to stay awake for the whole 36 hours or you're allowed to sleep and... I hope they would let you just dip in and out. So it's not like um, it's not like watching live sport that you have to <laughs> that you have to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Otherwise, you miss it. Like I cricket. Maybe. Well, does that is that how cricket works? I know it goes on for days and days, but <laughs> I, is it all in a row or I've is there a break? I've never watched a whole cricket match. I've never watched a part of a cricket match. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we you could uh, listen to the podcasters thing for thirty six hours, or you could dip in and out. Uh, but that's going on if you're really into podcasts, um, and that is on today, which is the twenty first of April. 
April if you're listening to the podcast after this. You might have missed it, but you probably will be able to listen again. It's a UK podcasters online conference. Also, big shout out to Free Dalston Comedy Explosion Show, which is on this evening in Dalston at 8pm. Free comedy. If you enjoy that sort of thing... Comedy, head on down. Um, just Google Free Dalston Comedy Explosion Show and you'll find all the details. Now, Tanya, do you have yes, any questions for me? Sam, I do. Um, it's very exciting. I've never actually interviewed anyone before. Oh. Um, damn it, that's not the right way to start, is it? You're <laughs> supposed to be on the back foot. Sam, have you ever been interviewed by someone as competent and experienced as me? <laughs> not, not quite as experienced as you, no. Yeah. Good. Um, so you are also doing stand-up. Yes. This, this saddens me. How long have you been doing stand-up? <laughs> For, I think, about three and a half years. And how did you get into four? it? How um, do we close down these avenues? Okay, let's... Uh, it, it's the actors. They're the difficult ones. So I trained as an actor seven and a half years ago. Whereabouts did you train? At Central School of Speech and Drama. Very good. It's one of the, one of the good ones. Yeah, it's a good one. Judy Dench went there and Graham Norton. Um, so I trained there and I was doing... I love Judy Dench and Graham Norton in the same bracket. <laughs> yeah, love it. Who is more I was camp? Once, I was Graham once, Norton or Judy Dench? I'm not sure. No, I was once in the alumni brochure of like alumni doing things and I was in between Martin Freeman and Judy Dench. It was like Martin Freeman's in The Hobbit. Samantha Baines is in Lee Nelson's Well Funny People or whatever I was in at the time. And no one and would have Judy even Dench noticed those two because you had the centre. <laughs> you had the centrepiece. A sandwich, a famous people sandwich. Um, no, so I trained and I was doing acting jobs and I kept doing the funny ones and getting the parts that were funny. And I enjoyed making people laugh. So how did you I make did the leap character. to writing your own stuff? Um, well, I was doing characters in other people's shows, like the lovely Joe Boar. And you're improvising that stuff, or he's giving you a script? Uh, so I, we were improvising it, or I was writing my character pieces, because I started doing little characters of my own creations on YouTube, and then we'd write stuff together for his show. And he always said to me, you should do stand-up, you should do stand-up, I'll help you, you should do stand-up. And, and we, I was scared. And we never get booked on the same bill, because we're both women... <laughs> And uh, you only yes. get booked on the same bill as a woman if a woman is booking a gig and it's her gig and yeah. she's really super established and can actually get away with it. So, Or, or they're doing a like, this month we're going to have an all-female bill. Actually, what a fucking cheek. It makes me sick. So the just don't highlight it like that. It makes me feel... I don't even think we should say female comedian. I think it's, it sounds like it's a qualifier. Canadian. It sounds like British film. Something we all support in I principle know. but don't want to sit through but, ourselves. But it's, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's half that and then the other half of me is like, well, no, because I'm proud to be a woman and a comedian. Yeah, but you don't need to mention it. Yeah. Why? You don't need to say, oh, I'm a bloke and I play football. It's rubbish. You yeah. You're a footballer. Christ. Anyway, it's not the point. The point I was trying to make is I haven't yes. actually gigged with you, so I haven't no. seen your stand-up. So no. is it straight stand-up or is it character stand-up? Well, so it's straight stand-up because I gave it a go and then I was like, I really like being me. It's like crack, isn't it? It's addictive. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can just be me and say things on stage with a microphone. This is nice. So it, it's me and it is quite straight. Or the, uh, At the moment, it's science comedy. Is science what I do. comedy. So I tend to... Why? We may not have gigged together because I tend to not do the main sort of the normal club circuit. I do a lot of science gigs at the moment. Because are you, I are you, how, did... How? Why? Well, I did a lot of... Um, 
I did the comedy store and places like that, and I did. I was doing penis jokes, and I was having a lovely time. And then I kind Everyone of loves a cocktail, <laughs> yeah. And then I kind of got annoyed that I felt like I had to do penis jokes to make those audiences laugh. And so you then I went away. That those audiences were just too stupid for you. <laughs> well, no, I was just getting annoyed with myself that I was trying to please the audience too much. You were chasing. So, you were chasing the bottom instead yeah. of punching up. So then I went away and I thought, what do I want to write about? And I I was always interested in science at school, but they kind of said to me, yeah, but which are you going to pick, science or drama? Like, you can't do both, ridiculous. So I obviously went down the drama route, but I started watching Brian Cox on the television, Professor Brian. You ended up back with a dick jokes. Look how quickly that happened. Well, it's straight back to Cox. This is my Edinburgh show. There's a little bit of penis, but mostly science, because I couldn't leave it behind. science of the penis is something that fascinates everybody. There you go. So, But I just wanted to write about things that interest me and... And I found a new way of writing, which is looking up science facts and then finding interesting facts and then writing you, a joke. So you follow off the back science porn then on yeah. Twitter? Yeah. Now, that is something I know on Twitter. That's Hello. Excellent. And, and NASA, I follow on Twitter. Oh, I follow the UK NASA. Space Agency. So, and where do you do these science gigs? And can I get one? I'd like to write a science Yeah. Set. Do it. Well, there's a brilliant um, science. I'm, I'm supposed to be night. asking you questions. I'm like, how do I get that show? I like it. There's a brilliant science <laughs> night, which is science show-offs, which is run by the very marvelous Steve Cross. So he th- that happens all over the country, and then there's also Bright Club gigs, which are great. They're all over the country as well. They have three comedians on, so an MC, someone. Yeah, the MC opens and they have a comedian and you do two sets which is very strange so you come on for 10 minutes and then go off and then come on for another 10 minutes in oh, the that same is gig. weird that's like that's worse than being an MC everybody <laughs> hates you you've got to come back I know and then they have a headliner but in between they have actual experts that come on for five minutes and talk about their chosen subject so it's like comedians and experts all in the oh, same game. Oh, I think game. that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's very interesting. So I, I, at the moment I'm doing gigs like that and they're very lovely. I'm a bit spoiled actually because the audiences are brilliant always. Lovely, well, lovely Well, audiences. you're doing Edinburgh this year. What time's your show Yes, 3.30. So it's a perfect time audience. because the audience will be lovely. Yes, science but lovely. Yeah. yeah, just had a cider, maybe a couple of ciders, enjoying the science, but not yet drunk. Yeah, no. Although we'll it is Scotland. <laughs> no, honestly, I've done a daytime shows. 3.30 yeah. is perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh, I think uh, it's worth a visit, worth visiting, and to check out your show, which is called... Please do. One woman, a dwarf planet, and two cocks. Spelt with an X. <laughs> you see? Brian Cox, you know? So how? how well, who's the other cock? Well, that's... I'd spoil it if I told you now. And talking of um, cocks or, or, or not, but yes. you you're recently got married. Yes. And he does the jingles. Two weeks is... ago. Yes, he does the jingles. Isn't that exciting? Free oh. labour. And, and what does he do? <laughs> he is, Apart from your jingles? He, he is a data analyst, like Chandler and Friends. <laughs> and does this help with your... Um, with your do you have to analyse the data for your Twitter? <laughs> talking shit it doesn't now. help with Twitter, really. But he is really good. <laughs> he is really good with jokes, actually, because he's got such a logical brain. Like, if I tell him a joke, he will be like, that doesn't make sense, or that doesn't follow through, or take that bit out. So he's he d- very straightforward. And he does help you, because if I talk to my other half well, about jokes, he goes, oh, you know, this isn't. I'm not good at this kind of thing. <laughs> I have to save them up and do it in kind of one quick fire and then not talk about it again for, like, two weeks. Oh, that's not anyway, we'll we'll share 
dealing I, with I husband stories. You're what? supposed to wave at me and then I wrap up the interview. <laughs> okay, See? sorry. Okay. Oh, thank you, Sam. It's wonderful to have you on your own show. Great. Plus one. I do that bit at the end of Diana Ross's song, Tanya Edwards. Why? Why? Um, she just called me and she was like, Sam, you do a really good <laughs> trumpet impression. And I was like... Bah, bah, bah. And then I, we just went in and recorded it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it's time for the news. Tanya Edwards, can you give us the headlines, please? I certainly can. Cockroach blast. Detective mattress. Baker turns on son's school teacher. Napping on the job leads to long commute home. Those are the headlines. Now, this week's news. First of all, cockroach blast. So this was an American homeowner covered his property in a large quantities of cockroach killer. Um, so much so that he also almost killed his entire family. Basically, he obviously got annoyed with these cockroaches, was trying to kill them, put cockroach killer everywhere, and it was a spray. And all of his family got headaches from this spray. And they unlatched a window, which created a spark, and it ignited an explosion in their home, full of all these chemicals. Um, luckily, none of them were hurt, but they had to go to hospital for checkups. So he sprayed so much cockroach killer that his house exploded and the cockroaches still didn't die. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think the cockroaches will always survive. They'll be, they'll, if, if there's another apocalypse, well, another apocalypse, if there is an apocalypse, it'll just be cockroaches and loads of toupees, Trump toupees, just crawling the earth on the backs of cockroaches. That's how I see it. That's a wonderful image. Like Men in Black, there's that cockroach alien. Is that how it haunts seen it. I haven't me. seen it. Have you ever had any experiences with cockroaches? Yes. In Thailand, um, I offered to organise their library in some hostel I was staying at. Christ knows why, I must have been bored. <laughs> and, um, and I was rearranging the books and they were the cockroaches started coming out. <gasps> and everyone had been so grateful when I said I was going to help them sort this area out. Then I, I tried to stick with it for a couple of hours and the cockroaches just kept getting bigger and bigger the more books you disturbed. And oh ultimately I had to give up. So you Did manage to alphabetize some of them. <laughs> didn't get the job done. You found a cockroach nest, essentially. Yeah, they were just they were living in the they were living in the books. Wow. We once They were big. I remember in Spain we stayed in a, a flat, me and my family, and there were cockroaches everywhere. And every night we'd come in from having a meal and me and my sister would run and stand on the sofa and scream because there'd be loads of cockroaches. A Thai cockroach though is significantly bigger than a Spanish is cockroach, it? yeah. Wow. They have cockroaches in New York too. And big, big old rats. I remember walking oh, along huge this rats. huge rats. I remember walking along the street in Williamsburg in a pair of sandals. And as I was walking along, the rat crossed the pavement, but I caught him on my foot, no. his big, hot, hairy belly. And I basically propelled this rat about a metre away from me. But it was, I can you still feel his rat. hot, I didn't mean to, I can still feel his hot tummy on my toes. Yuck. Good. On that note, Detective Mattress. This, this is amazing. I've written my poem on this this week. This is a Spanish mattress company are trying to help fight the battle on infidelity because they've invented the world's first cheat-proof mattress. It's called the Smartress, and it's currently being tested and launched by bed specialist Dermot. 
They boast that the mattress has 24 ultrasonic sensors that are designed to measure suspicious movements in your bed. The feature, known as the Love Detec- Lover Detection System, has the ability to transmit data regarding bodies on the mattress direct to your smartphone, alerting you if the bed thinks your partner is cheating. What do you think about this? Ridiculous. So he's got to cheat in your bed. Well, exactly. Just do it on the sofa and you'll be fine. Yeah, we'll just do it anywhere. People normally start cheating before they're shagging in your bed, don't well, they? Yeah, I mean, doing it in your bed is I mean, that's, of... to be honest, that's more of a homage to you, isn't it? It's like <laughs> the biggest turn-on is the idea that you could get caught by you. And whereas if you're just having an affair, the biggest turn-on is supposed to be the person you're having the affair yeah. with. I, I think you should take that as fan mail. I don't even think that should be treated as infidelity. <laughs> but imagine getting that notification to your phone if you're in a work meeting and it's just like, your partner is cheating. I think it's a load of old rubbish. It's actually just your cat just relocated well, exactly. to your bedroom. It's just wandering around in your bed. Well, I've written my What would you do if it. your husband cheated? Kill him? Can I say that? Of course you can. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cut his dick off and then kill him. Cut his dick off and let it bleed out. Wow, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> I don't know what I'd do. Can you say it? I'd yes, be angry. a topper. <laughs> I'd be angry. I'd be like, did you do it on the mattress? Because I didn't get the notification. <laughs> I want a refund. <laughs> Baker turns on Sun's school teacher. This is great. Do you watch the Great British Bake Off, Tanya? No. Well, there's a judge on the Great British Bake Off. Don't watch enough telly, evidently. (laughs) Okay, it's very good. You should watch it. There's a judge called Paul Hollywood on the Great British Bake Off. And his son has got very into baking, his teenage son, Josh. And so his son has been turning down, playing football and computer games with his friends to bake with his dad. And his dad loves it because he's a baker. He said it made him a bit emotional. Then, so his son, the teenager Josh, went into school and they cooked quiche as part of a school lesson and right. he was marked 6 out of 10 for the quiche. I just don't think they're working hard enough in schools if they're, <laughs> they're doing as cooking quiche. What a joke. What's wrong with that? Well, it's a good life lesson. Why? To make quiche for I hate lunch. Quiche. Okay. Don't like it. Don't like it. Offset rating should be immediately reduced. <laughs> well, he only got six out of ten for his quiche. Um, but Paul, his dad, was very annoyed and wrote to the school and said, how dare you give my son such a low mark? His quiche was worth at least nine out of ten. I think that's quite pathetic. And I think that parents <laughs> should stop being rude to teachers. Did you read about that guy the other day who attacked a teacher in a car park, what? beat her unconscious and didn't get a custodial sentence? And he beat her unconscious because she'd reprimanded his son for hitting someone in the playground. And you think the world's going to pot? Bloody oh hell! It's the end of Western civilization. That's what I thought. That's her more job. More I think mother. teachers do get a very hard time. I think they? we should start treating them with some respect. Christ. Also, Paul wasn't there while he was cooking the quiche. She doesn't know what went into it. None of his business. <laughs> and also, if he's at home bigging up his son all the time, he, it was not bad if they get a reality check at school, Well, is exactly. It? I think sometimes at school you do have to, like, fail at things or get a lower mark to then propel you to work harder in life. And... So it's just a quiche, guys. Six out of ten isn't bad. It's over half. Yeah. Napping on the job leads to long commute home. This is a FedEx employee who decided to have a quick nap whilst he was working the night shift loading deliveries onto a freight airplane and he ex- ended up as an accidental stowaway on the flight so he woke up this was in Memphis Tennessee he woke up and he was cruising mid flight 
and he'd gone 600 miles into the journey. So he knocked on the cabin doors to alert the pilot that he was there and they, yes, they told him to find a seat and they were nearly at their destination in Texas. And did he live in Texas? Sorry, I missed that bit. No, sorry. He, he's based in Tennessee, loading oh. the plane, fell asleep. Two T's, that's, how, that's the full extent of my yeah. geographical knowledge. Thought, oh, bloody hell, that's, that's handy. Got, ended up at home. Yeah. No, different um, places in America. Yeah, I, I totally uh, feel for him. I fell asleep on the circle line once. Oh, where did you... Did you just go round and round? I went round and round the circles until the train stopped and it stopped at Westminster. And I remember getting out and sitting at the bus stop opposite the Houses of Parliament thinking, my mother always told me I could be Prime Minister, what on earth went wrong as I fought, <laughs> as I fought the desire to vomit outside, outside the Houses of Parliament. Oh. Oh, I've fallen asleep on buses, night buses, and ended but up in weird places. I can fall asleep anywhere. I've ended up in a depot falling asleep on the night bus. Have you? I fall, I fall asleep on public transport. And it's not even to do with alcohol. I just fall asleep. It's like now I still fall asleep. I can... I just need to sit on a train and I'm asleep. So if I get on any train to go to a gig or something, I set my alarm clock. Really? Because I need to, to okay, wake up at the stop because otherwise I just would keep on going. So what I is it about public transport? It's like I'm being rocked. <laughs> like I'm being rocked by You're the Having large people arm. around you, the company. No, I don't like people around no. me. I don't think there's enough room on trains, even when they're empty. On a train carriage, you always expect the whole carriage, don't you? Whereas on a tube, you're grateful if you just don't have to lick someone's armpit. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever fallen asleep standing up on a train? Um, I think I could, but no, I haven't. But thank you for setting me a challenge, something to... So if anyone sees you asleep on a tube, should they wake you? No, they bloody shouldn't. Okay, (laughs) fine. (laughs) I'm glad we made that clear. (laughs) Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to be talking more to Tanya Edwards a little bit after this. Ladies plus one. Poem of the week. It is time for Poem of the Week. Tanya Edwards has written a poem. Very exciting. I wrote this this morning, knocked it up. Uh, am I so reading excited. mine first or are you do reading you yours first? What? No, you do yours first. Should I do mine first? Okay. Mine is um, on the news story about the mattress. So it's called Mattress Cheat. Here we go. Ever wondered if your partner is a cheat? Well, there's some furniture I'd like you to meet. There's a mattress that can help you tell. Yes, it's quite a sell. The brand have really thought about their USP. That's their unique selling point, you see. It sends you a notification to your app, helping you lay a honey trap. But I'm not sure if I want my bed to always be one step ahead. Giving our furniture new skills will only add to our bills. Their slogan, if your partner isn't faithful, at least your mattress is. How do you know? I'm getting in quite a tiz. I've only got a mat. I've got a mattress to tell me about my fella's commitment. How do I know my mattress is resistant to the charms of other bedmates? You see, my housemate is on lates. My mattress might be cheating on me with him. What a violation and a sin. If I want to check on a daytime bed creeper, I'll install hidden cameras. It's much cheaper. There we go. Oh, I loved it. That's my mattress poem. Thanks. It's very good. It's Thanks. very good. Also, it sounds like you practiced saying it out loud. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, you're, you're I'm an she, actress, she darling. She is an actress. I am so impressed. <laughs> I am impressed. Very good. I bet you can do... Can you do accents as well? Yeah. <gasps> what accents can you do? Um, I can do South African. South African. South African. Or I can do Australian. I did that a lot in Joe Boar's show. Or I can do Cockney. I'm in Call the Midwife. And I'm in A Raw Night Out. 
and I'll play a Cockney Londoner. This is my Cockney accent. What do you think? <laughs> it's very good. I can do posh to sound a little bit more like you. Posh, posh <laughs> says you sound bad. like that. <laughs> Darling, well, the Queen is 90 today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> I should be able to do Irish as well because my family's Irish, but it's ah, to not. be sure, to be sure. Diddly dee, diddly dee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's very stereotypical, my Irish. It's like, oh. <laughs> to be sure, to, to be, be sure. sure. God bless you. There are certain people, aren't they? Right. Are you gonna what are you gonna do your poem in an accent or just you know? Oh no, I'll just it. I'm just hoping I can even read it out. Okay. Um, do you want me to do it now? I feel yes. nervous. What, does it have a title? <laughs> uh, no. My research weekend, we'll call it that. Okay. I'm a stand-up comic, and I was booked to do a show. Oh, and I'm nearly seven months pregnant, which I mention as this is radio. I'm supposed to be there at 8.30, so I head on into town. But when I tell the doormen I'm performing, they just look me up and down. I say, I'm a stand-up comic. They say, we don't think you're booked tonight. I say, it's Saturday 16th, correct me if I'm wrong. Here's an email from my agent confirming my set is 20 minutes long. The atmosphere, it changed. They shook their heads and shrugged in an amused kind of way, like they were glad of being mugged. Fair enough. Mate, take this bird downstairs. She's doing the burlesque show. Tell Lucy she's here and show her where to go. Burlesque, they said. Burlesque, I thought. My agent's got to go. She's only gone and booked me in to a get-your-tits-out show. Turns out the comedy club is closed, and it closed a long, long time ago. Quite I can cope with the cancellation, you've just got to let me know. I mean, fair enough if that's our angle, but it deserves a pay increase. Lactating, nipple, tassel, twirler, I mean, that's it's pretty niche. There you go. <laughs> Yay! What a cock-up. Lovely. <laughs> I should say... Um, that happened. What? I Seriously? Went, I went into town to do my gig... And turned out the comedy club had shut and it had become a burlesque night. And I looked like a bloody idiot. I was Did furious. you do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, because some burlesque nights have I've just no stand-up comedy on. No, it was um, it was it, it was, was a stripper. It wasn't even burlesque. It was a strip show. I mean, I'm the sort of person that would just go there and be like, oh, oh my gosh, I've got, I've got to do it. They've booked me. I've got to do it. And get on stage and then be like, I can't do it. I can't well, do that it. was actually a bit of creative license because um, the comedy club had just closed and no one had let my agent know. <laughs> <laughs> she hadn't actually managed to get me a gig as a stripper. It was a double fail. I love that. <laughs> it was, it was, you won't even have me naked. <laughs> you don't want me. You don't want me talking. You don't want me not talking. I love it. Well, thank you very much for your poem. You're, you're welcome. I loved it. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. Here I am with at Tanya Edwards on Twitter. Tanya Edwards. I think I sound like the girl that goes, this is Hoxton Radio. Is that not what my accent <laughs> sounds like? Yeah, we made you say it in your house and we secretly taped you and then we play it. But is that, I don't think I'm pitched like that, no? I think you're, yeah, slightly posher. Slightly posher. I want to. I have to get some voice classes, but for me after this, now I can sound more. You've got some more excellent Hoxton. voice. Cla- you've got an excellent voice. Where? So where did? Because you've been called a posh sociopath as a review. Where does the posh come from? Where? Where did? Well, if you listen to my brother, you wouldn't. You'd. Um, you'd be really confused because we don't sound alike. Um, I don't know. I just never managed to drop my T's. I've tried, but I've just never managed. <laughs> where it. did you grow up? Um, I was born in London and then uh, spent a lot of time in Surrey, which accounts for a fair bit. Yeah. But I've been back here for 20 years, so there's no there's no accounting. 
It's just, I just no. I'm just not very flexible. My <laughs> my mother speaks like this. Um, I think apparently when I'm around my mother, I speak. Sorry, that was meant to be a dramatic difference, <laughs> but I noticed that your face looked completely unfaced, and I sounded the same. It's the same. I thought that that was me really doing my mother. <laughs> <laughs> when you're around your mum, do you find you get posher? If I have a glass of wine, I definitely get posher. Really? When I'm around my mum, I get more Essexy. I don't know what it is because she, she's not she very Essexy. No, we were brought up in Bromley. We were born in London, brought up in Bromley, and but my lived friend in Julian Dean, who definitely doesn't sound like me yeah he said his mum sounds just like me really yeah and I there's another comedian on the circuit Archie and I met his mum the other day because she was um, she was the lady who was conducting my godfather's funeral and she was super slightly posh and he is proper street man <laughs> and, uh, I just think I just didn't I didn't realise that I life would be easier you if didn't realise the fashion is <laughs> not to speak like your mum <laughs> I know what a fail what a fail so what's coming up next for you? Because you're having a baby. Well, I'm just gigging. I'm gigging till the bitter end. Hopefully that'll generate some press, get me a few more followers. You've really made me anxious about this social media <laughs> Do shit. Do follow her on Twitter. Um, see if it works. You've got over a thousand followers. It's not dire. No, but I haven't it's even done a thousand tweets. Let's be honest. I've been on Twitter for about five years and I've not tweeted, but I've started now. So well, that's, that's a good ratio of followers to tweets. But now we can get involved because you're going to be tweeting all the day long. I am. Um, so this weekend, I'm gigging in uh, Eastbourne on Friday, Hastings on Saturday, Greenwich on Sunday. Uh, I've got nothing to plug, though. Lovely. But we can find out all your gigs on your website. Presumably. Oh, yes. com. Excellent. Good keyword enabled. That's a marketing term that I will teach you for, right. for I'm, social I'm, media. I'll write that down too. Enabled. Yeah, no keyword. Oh, keyword. <laughs> 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 Enabled is just a general word. Um, no, keywords are the words that people use to search for you online. So comedy is a big one. And comedy, your, fantastic, and your name hilarious. Is a big one. Tanya. So there's lots of Tanya's. It website. turns out there's a oh. photographer who's not awfully good at her job, and there's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you competing with all of them on your Google listing? No, I just, um, it's very strange, isn't it? When someone has your exact name, yeah. Tanya Edwards. People have, there are other Samantha Baines's. I don't believe it. They're so is Samantha Baines your name or did you take your other half's name? Samantha Baines is my name. Yeah, you stuck with it. I stuck yeah. with mine. Why would, why would you change? Well, I feel like I've done some stuff and if I change it, people will be like, who are you? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to do some stuff that I'm bound to be ashamed of and I don't want to humiliate my baby. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Keep the name separate. The lovely Otis. When can we expect Otis to emerge into the world? Second, emerge. Oh, don't. Emerge. Oh, painlessly emerge. Painlessly emerge from those powerful surges. I've been listening to him over. I think you've got to be positive. Um, okay. The 2nd of July, he's due. I'm very excited. For I'm you. excited. When everyone's at Glastonbury. I'm, the Glastonbury is actually the 24th of um, June but my um, brother-in-law says that he might come early because he's half Indian and he said it's something about um, Asian babies maturing quicker really uh, it's a long and complicated boring story that not everybody necessarily agrees with but he's a very <laughs> clever paediatrician consultant so so we need to listen to the people in the know I'm late for everything um, so if he's anything like me which he should be half like me I think maybe he'll be on time so second of July oh excellent Maybe uh, I'm very late all the time. I'm late for absolutely everything. It was a miracle I got here on time. I'm so proud <laughs> of myself. You were very on time. And no one appeared. And then I didn't text until four minutes past 12. And I thought, damn it, they're going to think I was four minutes late when actually I was um, She was on time. On. I yeah. believe you. You didn't even have to do the I'm pregnant excuse no. that we talked about earlier. 
It's <laughs> a shame. I haven't had a chance to bring it out yet today. <laughs> Something will arise. Well, Tanya Edwards, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Time's flown by. It's been brilliant. Do follow her on Twitter, Tanya Edwards. T A N I A. Edwards, the normal way. And check out her website, TanyaEdwardsComedy.com for all her brilliant, brilliant gigs. Baines Plus One. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and my special guest, Tanya Edwards. Once again, if you are interested in sponsoring our lovely podcast, please get in touch. It's radioproducer at SamanthaBaines.com. That's radioproducer at SamanthaBaines.com, and we'll have chats. Please continue to share the podcast on social media at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S and on Facebook under the same name and do subscribe and give us a lovely review if you can. I mean, it doesn't have to be lovely. It could just be great, but just any sort of nice review would be awesome. Thanks so much. See you soon.